Friday, everyone. Welcome back to Return to Oz Minute. We're the Movies by Minutes podcast that's analyzing the Feruza Balt classic, Return to Oz. It was released in 1985. It is a Disney film, and we're here to talk about yet another minute of screen time. I'm Tierney Steele. And I'm Mike Carlucci. And back with us for five days straight, the returning champion, Brad Mendenhall. Made it through the week. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I've been. Uh, yeah, well, it's always great talking with uh, Tierney. Um, yeah, we, we we've talked several times before, so it's always fun. And Mike, uh, we we've done this dance once before, and it's great talking with you again. <laughs> so uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad uh, glad you guys invited me because usually Tierney's just like stealing the people from uh, the Cosmic Geppetto podcast. So I... usually <laughs> she ignores me and just takes my people. I I. I've invited you to be on every podcast I've been involved with now. So I, did, I don't know I, I, what I, you're talking about. I did. I don't believe I got a never-ending minute invite. That one got lost in the mail. Did you not? Maybe you're later on the schedule. Never <laughs> mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> you know what? What people don't realize is doing these minute by minutes are so complicated and trying to keep the guests organized and – um and, and you guys are getting pretty deep into this show and then what we ran to was minute of darkness where we had uh and people love the movie army of darkness it it, it it it's it was never a huge hit um but it has a really strong cult following and people were the people who love it love it so much and uh we have people sort of coming out of the woodwork asking to join the show we had one person who asked to be on two different five minute blocks and then we and it's not a long movie and we were like oh crap we're running out of minutes so all of a sudden we would like oh i hope we can get someone who would be on for a week and then was like i hope we have someone who doesn't mind just being on wednesday because we have three guests to get through in one week and uh it it was pretty funny and then also i'm sure you guys have been through this you you love to have guests and guests are fantastic but there are certain periods where you want it to just be the host of the show like the you, you sort of want to – well, I don't know if this is how you guys did it. We wanted to have – or how you like to do your, your your shows where we wanted to sort of just be with Minute of Darkness. It was me and my partner, Ryan. Uh, we wanted to start off the show just me and him and be sure to, like, the last episode be just me and him. And uh, with, like, one or, one or two periods in the middle. Um, and uh, it got tough because we, we had a lot of great people we were excited to have on. Yeah, we have the nice uh, construct of when we're in Kansas, it's just the two of us. When we're in Oz, we have guests. So we kind of let the movie determine how many weeks of guests we needed to <laughs> needed to figure out. Um, no, what I've loved is our listeners will remember from a couple weeks ago, Jonathan Carlyle of the Princess Bride Minute guested on our podcast. We recorded that pretty close to the release date for those minutes. And it's just so happened that the same week that he guested on our show, he guested on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, which recorded months in advance. <laughs> so I thought that was the greatest coincidence ever because I, I know at least when I guess on that, I mean, it was, it literally was months in advance. And ours was, I think like, okay, so next Monday, these will start airing. So it was just one of those weird flukes of scheduling. That it was the same week. 
Well, it was uh, funny because you know we we were also trying to record. We were trying to record way ahead, and uh, we we were recording before the um, before the last presidential election we started. Mm. And it's like, well, we can't like. And what we're saying is like, ah. Uh, and at that point, uh, when we're recording, uh, the, the the election didn't look like it was going to go in the direction that the election went. And we were trying to say, hey, should we say something? Like, pretend we know how it occurred. It's like, we better not, just in case things go the other way. It's like, <laughs> well, thank God for that. Oh, boy. Yeah, that must have been fun to get. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to pretend it's 1985. I'm just going to dive into this minute, which is minute 77, which starts with us discovering that the fiery something they will be th- visiting if they do not participate in the Gnome King's game is a fiery furnace and it ends with jack hugging dorothy goodbye before he goes to make his guesses this is not a very happy minute actually maybe it's not the best place to hide from reality (laughs) um can we take a second and talk about what must have been wrong with furnaces in the 80s that we were all terrified of them because that's a major plot point in home alone as well they were just massive they, they were massive and loud and dangerous. I mean, I think parents spent a lot of time saying, like, don't go into the basement, don't go near the furnace, because it's uh, they, they, they would mess you up because uh, they, they weren't very well insulated. They were really large, and uh, uh, they were a big obstruction. So it, I think every kid had that's like, you know, just, just stay out of the basement. Like... It was a treat when you were finally old and old enough and responsible enough to go into the basement of your own house. Uh, well, we also redid most of our house. So I was like helping knock down drywall and stuff at age seven. Not much intimidated me in the basement. But um, you, you redid I the remember... house from, from right to left, right? No, how that's every, why I'm so how angry everyone builds houses. <laughs> oh my God, I have so many thoughts on the rebuilding of the house in Kansas. <laughs> Um, no, but I remember watching Home Alone and being really confused. Like, why is there fire? Like, there isn't fire downstairs. What's wrong with the McAllisters? And now here, it's a fiery furnace that they're being threatened with. People just really scared of their houses. People just really scared of the house. <laughs> it's just not a safe place to be. Well, and also, don't forget, this is a Disney movie. So then, you know, Disney, anything, they're really scared of the houses because of, you know, mm. Disney's history of, hey, I'm going to get successful and buy my parents a house. That uh, didn't go well because they ended up, there was, what was it? There was some accident in the house and his parents passed away. And that's why all of Walt Disney's movies afterwards were involved with, you know, other orphans or kids becoming orphans. I don't know that story. Ooh, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. It, I love me a crazy Disney story. So. <laughs> and there are, there are plenty. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, um, he, he, he had all the success and because of that, he, he, he bought them a house and I think there was some sort of gas leak or something along those lines where they died tragically in their house. Oh. And after that, it, it was, you could see like the shift oh, where, you know, you know what happened to ba- the Bambi's mom getting shot or you know, there's so just such a history of uh, orphan kids in the, those films. And it was yeah him sort of working out stuff in his, uh, his own life. Hmm. I've never heard that. 
I shouldn't say theory, story. Like, I mean... Well, I'm, I'm also... There's a little bit of half-remembering everything. I know that... Well, yeah. But, yeah, it was... Huh. No, I I like that. I mean, I don't like that, obviously, but I, I like knowing that. Well, it's just always interesting when you find out there's a psychology to stuff. And yeah. whether it's, you know, Walt Disney and there's a reason why oh, all the movies associated or everything from, you know, the terrible movie The Room, which I've talked about before because we have one of the actors mm-hmm. from that going to be on an upcoming episode of our Cosmic Geppetto podcast where it, it's such a weird, nonsensical movie. And then finally, one of the people involved with it found out that all the crazy infidelity was sort of like a like weird funhouse mirror version of the the writer and producer Tommy Wiseau dealing with the fact that he was engaged or he wanted to get engaged or he was in love with a girl who cheated on him. And this was his mm. like way of processing it in and turning himself to the hero of his own story. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, there's always something behind it. And if, Hey, I'm going to bring it back. If you like philosophy, we're back to some return to Oz philosophizing. I think this is the first real uh philosophizing you've gotten brad uh jack oh god the little goodbye music when he's saying goodbye to dorothy um little silver lining he and tiktok won't even mind being ornaments right because they're not alive yeah the tiktok and the graphic novel is much more vo- even more vocal about valuing his lifelessness he's constantly being like oh i'm not alive and it's great yeah it, it's that's a fun little bit and it was uh and tiktok hasn't shown a whole lot up to in in these minutes he's just sort of there and it's tough because they got so much fun and jack i just find interesting because he doesn't move and he's like he's a weird character because he's the scarecrow character but he loses a lot of the likability, but then in this scene, as opposed to the last scene, he's more interesting for me in this scene just because I can't believe how much he now reminds me of uh, the Jack from um, uh, Night- Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, you're not the first person to make that comparison. Yeah, I I don't want to say he inspired Jack Skellington because obviously so much goes into creating a new character from nothing, but they definitely are of a kin. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. And this is a sort of movie that I could see um, Tim Burton, who produced uh, Nightmare for Christmas, having taking inspiration from. Plus, I think he worked for Disney then. He was an animator around this time. Yeah. Right before, right after. But yeah, around in the 80s, definitely. Um, yeah, it, it's very, it's Tim Burton-y, but this clearly isn't a Tim Burton movie if that makes sense. Um, there's a little bit of Disney cheese to it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it, 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 there's a little darkness seeping in here or there, but it's not as intentionally quirkily dark as a Burton film could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the idea that people took a little bit of inspiration. And I mean, I, I've said before, this was kind of part of sort of a genre for children's fantasy movies that, you know, even if they weren't specifically thinking, oh, remember Jack Pumpkinhead, that kind of does get in your mind of like, oh, the sort of feel I'm going for. 
Um, I could definitely see that. And I, I think given the limitations on that puppet, it's still very effective. Like I'm, I'm pretty sad here at the end <laughs> with uh, him essentially going to his doom. Yeah, it's it's just a pretty tragic. Yeah. By the way, uh, a, a quick follow up. Uh, I while you were talking, I did pull up the information, and it looks like his it was his mom who passed away. Um, his Walt Disney's mom, Flora, died in 1938 in an accident that plagued her son Walt with grief for the rest of his life. Uh, he bought her a house. Less than a month moving in, Flora complained uh, of. Uh, uh, Walt had problems with the gas furnace in the new home. Mm. Uh, studio repairman went to the house but didn't adequately fix it. She wrote that she loved the house uh, but they kept complaining about the fumes. And a few days later, this was about a month after moving in, she died as, as, as asphyxiation at the age of 70. Oh, oh man. Uh, yeah. It's And this is, let's just all like wipe the tears because... Jack calls Dorothy mom throughout this movie, so... Yeah. All right, we have to keep talking because I refuse <laughs> to end the week on that note. No, but I mean, well, because part of it is, look at the stories Disney adapted. A lot of them have to do with orphans or, you know, one parent gone, because that's what a lot of the old fairy tales are. But not all, you know, like, I could definitely see kind of... And it's the same thing. Maybe it's not a direct line that you could trace, but the leaning this way and that to get where, you know, it, it's not as direct as, you know, Tommy was so sitting down and writing a story to twist to, what actually happened into to settle a score. what he wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. It, but it still does, inf you know, that's still something you carry with you, whether you're conscious of it or not in every decision you make. There's... Uh, big music fan, and uh, one of my favorite songs uh, ever is a Joni Mitchell song called "The Case of You." Are you guys familiar with this song? Oh, not, not off the top of my head, no. It's a wonderful, really sad song uh, about a relationship that doesn't work out, and it has a. And she sings about how the fact that she's an artist, and the the person that she's singing to, she says that the line is. I uh, remember that time you told me that love is touching souls. Surely you've touched mine because part of you comes out of me into these lines from time to time. And I just love that idea. And as someone who has on occasion pursued artistic pursuits uh, from doing the podcast, uh, I, I have also uh, have done a little writing here and there. Um, and that's something where the, the people that are really important to you and, you know, the the great loves that you have in your life um when you do something artistic sometimes a little piece of them can come out into the work that you do and be that someone that you had a relationship with or a child or a parent um you know these are the people who are the most important you know emotional relationships in your life and with walt disney who desperately loved his parents and feeling that responsibility for his mother's passing you can't help but have part of that come out into the work that he's responsible to. So, so it makes sense. And it's tragic. And you hope that he got some sort of solace and was able to, you know, as a form of therapy, keep, you know, getting, getting that out into the world and creating beautiful art from it. And, and I don't know if that's how it worked for him, uh, but you know, it, it, it'd be nice to think that 
in that unimaginable tragedy, he was able to get some solace and also put some beauty into the world. Mm. That's a much <laughs> nicer way to... No, I, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> On the next episode That's of the Cosmic Geppetto podcast, by the way. We're getting closer. Um, no, I think each step is taking us closer to being able to end the week not on a horribly depressing note. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, oh, my last note for this minute was a question, but we've actually already answered it on this podcast. Um, because as he's saying goodbye to Dorothy, my first thought was, uh, Brad, I don't know if you watched the minutes before this, uh, scene, but Belina's in Jack's head. The chicken is hiding inside the jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> and I had the note, like, did she know to hide? Because they knew chickens were forbidden. But I don't remember that being a decision. And we definitely talked about how there actually was a cutscene where they say, Alina, get in Jack's head. Hide. Uh, well, I don't know if that's exactly what they said. But they reached that conclusion. They made that happen. Um, and I didn't know that at the time when I wrote this note. Because, spoiler alert, I wrote these notes a while ago. <laughs> I've learned so much since then. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't even think about... I imagine that the chicken got in the head aside from whatever reason they come up with in the plot. They just didn't want to have to chick- deal with the chicken during this scene. Because it's already a tight scene with a lot of tension going through. And then, you know, settle Dorothy with, like, holding the chicken. Um... Yeah. Well, and the Gnome King had outlawed chickens in Oz, so they knew she couldn't just waltz into this cavern and have everything be okay. But I had completely forgotten there was a whole thing. And now I was like, wait, so when he turns, Belina will be in there. Oh my goodness. So yeah, I don't know. I was all over the place watching this minute. Um, yeah, you get just a, just a little reminder that, oh yeah. Belina's here. So we'll find out how that goes. I mean, maybe Jack will guess right because he's proven himself to be such a, you know, whip smart <laughs> person. So he has many good qualities. That ain't one of them. Um, Brad, I wanted to open it up. If there's anything you wanted to talk about in this movie outside of just these five minutes. Uh, I know it's probably been a while since you watched the whole thing through. No, I feel uh, sort of feel like well, uh, well, <laughs> I've gone on enough tangents. I sort of really covered the areas that I was uh, looking forward to talking about, and nice. uh, you know, it's been a, a really fun experience. And uh, you know, it's always great talking with you guys. And um, you know, I, I I appreciate the invitation. This has been great. Yeah, well, and you had minutes that you know you didn't get to see much of them, but we did get to see the Wheelers and Princess Mombi, and so you really. I think with this little glimpse of Belina, you got to see almost every character in this movie. Yeah, yeah. All, all the major players are there, so... Yeah. Uh, There's like two that you're missing in the whole film, and that's it. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Miss the Kansas people, but nobody misses the Kansas people. <laughs> nobody likes Kansas... No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think of that until we were wrapping up, because I was like... You know, sometimes people are like, oh, I, I didn't get to see this character. I remember them from watching this as a kid. I was like, you got to see everyone <laughs> almost. So um, so that works well. We had a little snack. We played a little game. We realized life isn't fair. <laughs> All the important life lessons. And stay out of the basement. 
we learned stay oh out God, of the basement. Yes, stay out of the basement. Don't get into trouble. Um, Mike, did you have any other notes for this week or wrapping up or anything like that? Uh, my only other note was that, uh, let's see, just for, from the the TikTok isn't even alive comment from Jack, and there he's talking about turning into an ornament. Uh, it is kind of nice to see the. Uh, there's not banter back, but kind of the antagonism between Jack and TikTok continues for no reason as a subplot. <laughs> you know, just because we can. <laughs> it's it's the backhanded compliment that TikTok actually takes as a compliment, but TikTok's not even alive. It's like, yeah. Yes. He probably also doesn't want to become an ornament, but sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, I'm not giving up hope, even as we end on a sadder note for the particular scene. Um, all right. Um, yeah, you, you've mentioned Cosmic Geppetto podcast. I had so much fun guesting on that. Thank you so much. I'm so glad I was able to uh, return the guesting invite. <laughs> And steal you over here for a week. <laughs> well, it was uh, it's always great to have you there, and uh, we've huh, we, 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 like I said, we just worked on our hundredth episode, spectacular. Um, confetti is falling from the air, but you can't see it because it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, which was really quite an accomplishment. We've been doing it for a little less than two years, and uh, the show has turned into something. Uh, really special with some um, and just a great group of panelists that we rotate through, and uh, you know Tierney has been on uh, she was been on three times, including again hundreds episode. That's that means we really like you if we bring you back for that one. <laughs> um, but and we're gonna have you back again, and um, you know we we'll gonna keep uh, tabs on you guys, and uh, you know we really appreciate. And I really appreciate the chance to come on and talk about this movie and talk about other movies mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, plug our stuff. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Anyone who wants to do the steampunk stuff, call Mike. He's much better versed than I just make wild, wild references and make everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it was a thing. Um, it's a nice looking yeah, movie. I enjoyed parts of it. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, it's it's always a good time, and uh, as as I mentioned in the hundredth episode, if it survived the editing, who knows? Is uh, one thing I like is how varied the topics are, so it's always worth checking out each week. So it's a good time over there. Yeah, if there's uh, an episode that doesn't have what you want to uh, talk about, just keep listen. You know, just keep listening because yeah. uh, we'll, we'll get there eventually. It will. <laughs> it will. Uh, yeah, if you're. If you're listening to a Movies by Minutes podcast, there's going to be stuff on Cosmic Geppetto that also inter interests you. Um, those, those Venn diagrams overlap quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been great. Yeah, no problem. And uh, Mike, you want to plug a little bit where they can find more of us other than when we invade Cosmic Geppetto? Sure. Um... Fire up your social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, OzMinute will get you there. Uh, Facebook page, we've got Return to OzMinute, Listeners Flying Sofa. It might be an ornament now, but there's still plenty of room. And 
Yeah. To the big site, of course. Return to Osminute.com. Weogtiog.com. It's much more difficult to spell, but in the end, you'll feel good about yourself. <laughs> and you get to do the magic words as you're typing. Yes, every single time. You can, you too, can just be, what do you have? You put your left hand up with your thumb. But I think left is small, is pinky left up. Left is pinky finger. Right is thumb up. <laughs> and the last one is all fingers up. So yeah, Brad, if you would like to join us, not only are there magic words, but apparently there are actions in the book to go along with them. <laughs> so if you would like to join us on Piag, you put both hands in the air and spread your fingers wide. <laughs> all right, sounds good. This is the, we'll, we'll right. make this happen. Who's, who's starting, Mike? You or me? Weog? Tiog? Piog! Piog.